Well, howdy ho there, neighboroni. Howdy, neighbors. How are you doing? You know, I've I've begun to go go down a wormhole of watching Parks and Rec, and I realized I am Ron Swanson. It's not a bad hole to go down. No, and I, this is like the first time that I'm actually watching it. So, I will I will hastily disagree that you're far from Ron Swanson. That I'm far from Ron Swanson? No, I'm saying I am Ron Swanson. Yep. No, I'm saying you're not even close. Is it because of the mustache or my lack of facial or my shockingly lack of facial hair? Well, you and I share that quality, so no. Uh, you know what? I, I I picture him to be more ruthless than you do than you That's are. That's fair. That's fair. Not even ruthless is a bad thing, but That's fair. I just I, I think that we have a lot of similarities just from the way that we talk about food and we talk about the way that we uh, want to interact with people, which is mm-hmm. sparingly. And uh, I too would wear red uh, the day after um, dot, dot, dot. I see. I see. Well, you've uh, alerted me multiple times. that You have some takes to get off your chest. So why don't you start? So I want to I want to begin this by saying I have four separate things to discuss on my agenda. Sweet. Uh, two of them relate to each other, and the other two relate to each other. Okay. Okay. So the first thing that I want to talk about is um, this nonsense that's going on with the NCAA. So for the for the kids who are at home and don't listen to sports news like I do now. Um, the NCAA is now threatening to uh, withhold California state California schools um, from participating in uh, championship games or postseason play uh, if the state legislature passes a bill that allows them to receive money for their likeness. Well, technically, the NCAA is a private business, so they're able to regulate it. But at the same point in time, then that legislature can come back and you know sue them for everything they're worth and then bankrupt the NCAA. Which I think everyone would thoroughly enjoy. Would be kind of fun. Um, so obviously, I think I think the obvious answer to this is that um, the NCAA has been smoking a lot of crack lately, and um, they don't understand what they're doing. Um, I, my counterpoint to that is, yes, they are smoking a lot of crack lately. But while they don't understand what they're doing, they don't uh, can't look five feet to their left and notice that the whole entire college basketball landscape is paying for players and have yet to do anything about it. No, I completely agree. So uh, this is a joke. I hate the NCAA. I enjoy college sports. And, um, well, the NCAA is a breeding ground of monsters. I think it's a uh, a wonderful cesspool of people. <laughs> wonderful yeah. cesspool there, of people. There are, there, are, there are good and bad people on both sides. They, uh, well, I think we can all agree that the uh, person in charge, uh, Mark Emmert, is Satan. And, now, he, and wants to rob children of lollipops because it's fun. The one thing I don't like is that I think that if that were to happen, you know, Let's say that California law gets passed, but the NCAA still allows them to be able to, you know, participate in championship games. That that really, I mean, why would anybody else want to 
go to any of the other 49 states to play college athletics. It's not. It, it would it would severely hurt college athletics in every other state um, just for this sole fact. But the, if you if they go through with this and continue with this, I mean, you're talking about schools who who are competitive in these in most of these leagues. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about football and basketball right now. We're talking about UCLA. We're talking about USC. We're talking about uh, UC Santa Barbara, who shows up in the NCAA sometimes. Cal State Fullerton, which shows up in the NCAA sometimes. Um, you know, we're talking about schools that um, get a lot of their their admissions based on the fact of you know their notoriety, their how they publicly get known for being in these tournaments. So so it hurts the schools and their enrollment numbers. But at the same time, if they, um, you know, go through with this, people are going to flock there to go play sports there because they're going to be able to make money off themselves. Yeah, but the, and this is one thing. I mean, I know that state government has the absolute power to do this, but to me, this needs to be a blanket rule. Whatever you decide, it needs to be a blanket rule. I and that's where I, get a little, that's where I get a little leery because, I mean – if we're going to go one way or the other, it needs to be everybody because that'll keep at least that'll keep the playing field somewhat the same. I think I think we I think we uh, really should have uh, we as a society really should have had more of an outrage for this uh, a little bit ago, and we've really uh, passed the buck along, and now the buck's here thanks to the state of California, uh, good or bad, and we need to figure out you know ways that we uh, can get around this and. And I think ultimately, five, ten years from now, um, you know, college athletes will be getting, you know, quote unquote, paid for for playing their sports that they can play. Yeah, no, I, you and I are in complete agreement with that because it the the playing field needs to stay the same. I think the only thing that you and I might disagree on is, yeah, you, know, you mentioned outreach. I think there's been more than plenty done. I mean, I think we've been talking about this uh, this issue arise at least in my own personal life um, when they stop making NCAA football games. Yes. Simple, simple as that. That's so well, this is from- now the generation that grew up on that and is now going through college and is, you know, having their, you know, quote unquote uh, moment in the sun because, you know, they want to play games that are like, you know, them and, you know, they want to play themselves in these games and, you know, it got taken away from them, you know, a year before they got into college, or if you're a senior, two years before you got to college. Yep. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's one of these things where now that the people are, I don't want to say in power at all, but I want to say that they have much more sway on things because they're technically adults now. So, I mean, you're in your late twenties, early thirties, you grew up on this. You used to love this stuff. It's been taken away from you. So they want to fix that. And even if they are, I'm not going to say all these people are going to be playing video games. I wouldn't say that at all, but it's more along the lines of, they now see the problems, how the problems have occurred and they can now see how to stop the problems too. So I have, I have decided um, that I'm going to lead a committee Um, whether or not this committee gets off the ground. I don't know yet, but I'm going to lead a committee that will uh, basically find a way to disband the NCAA uh, get all of the schools back together on one boat and uh, come to a logical agreement that will support schools, players, uh, and fans alike, um, rather than this uh, current corrupt system that is the NCAA. Does a uh, does this boat have a name? 
you know what? There's nothing that can compare to the NCAA for names, so this will remain nameless for right now until we can get more support. Mm. Okay. It's going to hope we – it's going to really vote for pride and prejudice there, but – you know, we're uh, we're 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 t- accepting applications for names. Okay. But right now, we we don't have any. I think I think the best that we can come up with is the uh, CCC. Mm. Okay. Is it a, uh, is one of those C stand for corrupt? Uh, oh man, it's got to be the CAC now. Shoot. All right, hit me with it. What, wh- when did you forget how to spell? I, it was, it was going to be the uh, – it's now going to be the Collegiate Anti-Corruption uh, Conference. <laughs> Cack. Just sounds like a Jersey chick trying to say cock. Cack. jeez. Oh, <laughs> but, yes, so I'll be leading this committee. <clears throat> well, frankly, now these jokes I've made, I want in. Well, I thought you, I thought you'd be in regardless, so I'm glad that you are officially in. Okay. Well, uh, one thing that uh, okay, so that is that number no, that's still number one. That's still number one. Okay. That is still number one. Okay, I've got two, and do you, do we, do we want to ping pong or we can ping pong? We can ping pong. I just know that two are kind of connected to each other in the way that they're like have the same overarching theme. Uh, well, not theme, but they they coincide with sports with college sports and uh the new york sports oh, okay then go for it you do two i do one that's fine that seems reasonable math so uh the other one that i have to uh point out is the fact that the uh yukon huskies are moving to the big east okay i saw that um, i saw that so i this is just from me and you know me living in connecticut now i now have to listen to this uh this makes a lot of sense for no one because now you enable the uh, state of Connecticut's football team, which is pretty terrible, uh, yep. to become a football independent because not only do the MAC not want them, the AAC doesn't want them, and Conference USA doesn't want them. Yeah, that's bad. You think yeah. AAC would, you know, scrape the bottom of the barrel? So uh, this is uh, – <laughs> This is pretty terrible for UConn football. Uh, but now it screams that they want to be postseason eligible, which is great for them. So they'll just play FS, FCS teams all day long. And um, they uh, also uh, forced Notre Dame to pick a conference, which I think is what everybody wants now in the long run, but it does force them now to Who pick a conference. That? Notre Dame fans? What? Who hasn't wanted that? I've been wanting that for forever. This, I, I, in my opinion, this forces their hand. How? It's UConn. Right. But now, so the AAC now is going to take, it sounds like they're going to take either Army or they're going to take, uh, shoot, I had the other one in my head. I forgot who the other one was. But it sounds like they're going to take Army. So that's an FBS school, and they're going to go to the AAC. Uh, now you have football independents that are uh, Notre Dame, pretty good football school. Yeah. Chokes when it matters, but pretty good. Other than that, completely agree. Uh, UMass, insert fart noise here. Yeah, I mean, no. sorry, I fell asleep for a second there. UConn, insert grosser fart noise here. I was gonna say, good for one sport at least, kind of. Good, 
good. No, they're going to, they're going to the Big East for everything else. Oh, well, I mean, no, I, I was referencing women's basketball, but. Yeah. So, pretty t- pretty bad. And uh, I think it's New Mexico. Did they only did they only not go to the Big East in football because the Big East wouldn't let them in? Because no, because the Big East uh, does not have a football conference. The what? The Big East does not have a football conference. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? The Big East, which also hosts, and I'm going to do this correctly because I I will be oh. very upset with the rest of my family if I get this wrong. Hosts, no, uh, Villanova, Marquette, Seton Hall, Creighton, Georgetown, Xavier, St. John's, Providence, Butler, and DePaul. Name one football school in that in that whole entire thing. That's uh, a trick question. There are none. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so there's no football schools in this. So they're screwed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that they become an independent. Which, if we're going to do this again, right, we're going to do this again. The football independents include BYU. Yep. Fart noise. And slightly, slightly more tolerable fart noise. Oh, very tolerable. Very tolerable. Uh, Notre Dame, as we said, that's, that, gets a, that gets a trumpet out of this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very pleasant fart noise until the end, and then it sounds like a question mark and it's a little wet. It's, it's bad. It, it gets bad at the end. Uh, Army, I would give that a trumpet. Yeah. Even though Army's going to leave, we don't we don't give our we don't give our men and women of service fart noises. Uh, we never will. Exactly. Uh, the uh, school that is led by uh, the guy who used to be at uh, Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze, Liberty. Yep. Insert stripper noises. Whoa. You talking about Louisville? Singers. I like this. I like this guy. This is why we're friends. Uh, New Mexico State. Bad fart noise. Yeah. They were three and nine. Bad fart noise. Kind of fun, though. I enjoyed it. Um, and then UMass. Uh, insert a snore. Yeah. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with any of those. So... Uh, this is this this just forces Notre Dame's hand to actually pick a conference, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, we become better sports fans in the fact that we know that uh, the Big Twelve, the ACC, the SEC, the uh, Big Ten, and the Pac twelve will all become one giant conference or one giant uh, conglomerate of schools and compete for a national title that matters. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's where we're going, my friend. Entirely ridiculous. It's true. Um, okay, so would you rather start off for mine? Would you start off rather me start off with um, USA basketball or international basketball for my for my first one? For you know what, for the folks at home, let's start with international basketball. Let's teach them something today. International, the greatest person to dribble a basketball in China, also known as Stefan Marbury, Starbury is not only – he has statues, by the way, for those of you who don't know. He has statues in Beijing to his incredibleness on the court in China. 
he is now going to be a coach for the Beijing Royal Fighters of the CBA. He retired last year, took only one year off, and he's back. I love this. I love everything about how much people in Asia love Stefan Marbury. It's incredible. So, I love so everything I'll, give you, I'll give you a nice little fun fact here. Uh, growing up, I had a pair of Starberries. <laughs> Folks, if you've ever seen Matt, I'm just trying to picture this. This is amazing. <laughs> I had two pairs of Starberries, actually. Wow. One was in New York Nick colors. Oh, that's actually incredible. And one was all black. Ooh. Didn't know somebody was ghetto. Somebody. Actually, I think my dad had a pair too. <laughs> it's even better. And seeing yeah, it. I, I think we went to a, I think I'm not kidding. I think we went to a mall. It was like an hour away just specifically for these shoes. Did you get the high tops? I think so. Wow. I would, I would need to con- I would need to confirm with a man, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this is true. Oh, it's incredible. This is I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I had high tops. Stephon Marbury has had some of the most out there shoes of all time. He gave us the gift of everyone else's shoes. At least let's, be, uh, let's just call this what it is. He revolutionized the shoe game. He did have a sweet logo though. Where it was a, a star that also looked like an M, but the, the M was sideways, so it kind of looked like a like a like an E. Or... It was a it was a star that then when he went to China made perfect sense. Oh yeah, completely. Little little government action in there. Yep. Um, that to me, I love this. I I think that it's literally him one continuing to get the bag, two continuing to get his fame. And three, just enjoying himself. I mean, there's not nearly as much pressure out there as there is in the NBA. He's still pitching a fat check, and he is widely loved, widely respected. I, Besides becoming a GM, I wish I was to do, I can't think of any better thing for him to do than stay over there. That's not- I, need to, I need to know, like, three things before we continue. It's not that I don't love him. I'd love to see him back here, but uh, he's 42. Um, I need, I need to know, uh, two things. Okay. Um, could you name a better coach than Stefan Marbury for a team in China? Oh, in China? Yes. Yao Ming? Uh, damn it. And I mean, I, and it's, I mean, Okay, Jeremy Lin, that's, that's coming out real bad, but the problem is just fit. Because Stefan Marbury doesn't fit. So I'm trying to go with something that might, like optics-wise, just Stefan Marbury just doesn't fit with like with Hebrew. Now, the contract's only three years, so not like a terribly long contract, but the CBA seasons aren't even as long as the NBA. So Hey, you know what? That's as long as Frank Vogel got for the Lakers, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah, because uh, after two, Jason Kidd's going to come in there. Sweep, yep. sweep, sweep the legs. Sweep the legs. There's like three former NBA coaches who are assistant coaches on that team. Like, literally, not only could Jason Kidd take over that team, but I think it's like uh, Frank Hollins and somebody else could also. I just don't think that that's a good thing at all. Oh, no, it's not. 
but it's the Lakers. It has to make sense. That's valid. That's valid. Um, you know what? And I, I, I don't hate that. Okay. Um, your, your third item of topics. Well, all right. Hold on. Before, before we continue to the third item, which does, in fact, relate to what we're talking about. Um, Hell yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know if I could think of someone who I would want to coach me more in basketball than Stefan Marbury. Now, before you say anything to the contrary, I want you to think about it. You sign with a team. Okay. It doesn't have to necessarily be in China. It can, you can, you can continue with this, with this, but you sign with a team and you're like, this is great. I'm on an, I'm on a professional team. I'm getting played to pay basketball. And my coach is Stefan Marbury. Yeah. Dream. Could you honestly think of like another way to finish that sentence better than having Stefan Marbury as a coach? Okay. I think Stefan Marbury would, it will be a very good coach for this reason. And this reason only is that he's seen failure in his own life to where he can coach it so that he at least gives you some advice so that you don't go down that path. Or if you do go down that path, it's been your own choice. He's provided you the tools. He's provided you the wisdom to say, Hey, this is the stuff that I went through, which is why I'm here in China. And this is what I want you to take from my mistakes. Now, for my own personal career, I mean, I'm biased. I'd love AI to be my coach. Oh, that is a good one. I'd love KG to be my coach. But the thing about those guys is that they haven't really seen a low. They've only right. been. They've only been at the pinnacle. Well, I mean, I mean, let's let's speak for let's speak for this. Absolutely, uh, Allen Iverson is it. It is what was what is presently it. Wait, the what? Old or new? Old. Oh, it really? I think so. I could. I. I see. I see similarities. Okay. Not necessarily in the like attitude or like the ego type of sense, but like in their style of game, I very much see similarities. Okay. Um, KG played for the Nets. That should go on the low point board. I could see that. I could see that. Well, you know, and I guess I guess AI never got a ring, so maybe he's seen the highs and lows, but. I don't know. I would still love to have him as my coach because he'd, he'd just be chill as hell. Look, all I know is that Stefan Marbury, if he's my coach, I'm immediately signing up for this team to be the point guard. I don't care if I'm seven feet tall. I don't care if I'm six foot two. I'm immediately starting as a point guard because I know that I that he all day long is just going to call ISOs for me. And I will get my shots. Okay, well, what do you think about what do you think about quote unquote like players that have no personality? So, like, let's take like the Tim Duncans or the Kawhi Leonard's. Like, what are the? I mean, we obviously know the pro. Tim Duncan would be a fantastic coach. Who? Tim Duncan. I I think so. Well, that would be he would be a fantastic coach just for the sole fact that he uh, was taught the game by the legend that is Tim uh, Greg Popovich. Yeah. And he has that like mental acuity to just say to to adapt to situations and say, you know, we're we're doing this right now and it's not going well. But if we tweak it this way in this particular way, it'll go better. 
and this is why. And he'll list it all out. I just feel like that Tim Duncan would do that and would just go about it that way. I could see that. And the, the thing about him is that he would command enough respect to where just because he's not screaming at you all the time, you'd listen to him. Where if it's like, I don't know, whether if it's Frank Vogel or even if it's Nick Nurse, that if they're yelling at you, or if they're not yelling at you, sorry, if they're just quiet all the time, nobody's going to listen to them. They have to raise their voice out of, like, necessity. But with Tim Duncan, people are just like, oh, man, big fundamentals talking, I'm listening. Simple as that. He's like um, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown right now. And what I think Jawan Howard will be at Michigan. He'll be just, like, the presence and the force in the room. doesn't necessarily have to be, like, the overwhelming guy on the court. He can just sit there quietly. He's kind of like Anthony Grant. He can just sit there quietly, just be just be in the room, just kind of just like, you know, tell the guys what to do. And they'll do it because, well, they were they have they he has the respect. It has basically just bought his way into that. Yeah, except Anthony Grant's a terrible coach and all these other guys will be good. Oh yeah, all the other guys that I mentioned are probably gonna be terrible coaches. So let's just get that in the open right now. But No, no. I, th- I feel like Tim Duncan will be better. Uh, do you ever think he'll get the chance? I don't think he, I don't think he wants it. I don't think he, I don't think he wants to be a coach. I think if he does, I think it'll be like an AAU style coach. I just I just don't see. I think he wants to coach his kids. I don't think he wants to coach really anybody else. Okay, well I can see that. I will definitely disagree with you on the Juwan Howard point, though. I think Juwan Howard is going to be a great coach. <sighs> I don't know. I, I have I have I've been very wishy washy on this just for the sole fact of I've heard the other names that were rumored in this uh, hiring for Michigan. And I thought there were better names, and I think there are better coaches out there. I think they kind of let the Golden Boy go away, and I don't think that uh, I, I think that he's a good coach, but I don't know how well he's suited to the college game. When you say Golden Boy, do you mean John Beeline? Uh, no. Or do you mean the person who you thought was number one in the running for this? The person that I thought was number one in the running and is now the associate head coach at Texas. Oh. oh. I think he will I think he will single handedly turn Texas around. Is Texas back? Is Texas back is a different conversation we're gonna have when we get closer to college sports seasons. Cause according to Baker Mayfield, uh, we have all just been eating a poop sandwich. Um Possibly. Possibly. It's very possible. Very possible. Um, I, I, it's one of the I, – I disagree, and I don't as, – as much as I love him, I don't know how he's letting these, like, rivalries hang around after he's been in the BFL for a year. But, yeah, just – I mean, they all, they all keep those rivalries, right, whether it's one way or another, whether it's, you know, uh, the Patriots the week of the Michigan-Ohio State game. Uh, they put a bet on it, and all the players that went to Michigan ended up wearing Ohio State jerseys for practice. Yeah, it just seems terrible. So it's just that's how they that's that's how they keep the rivalry rivalry alive. But yeah, I get your point. Okay, yeah, for those of you that don't know who got promoted to men's basketball associate head coach, quite a long title for Texas, it is Darren Horn. No. Yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. Who am I thinking of? That? Are you thinking of Catholic? It is not him. 
Let me let me hold on. Let me do this. Let me do this. Hold on. Hold on. It was it's recent additions. It is not Darren Horn. I can tell you that right now. Not, I believe you, but let me uh, let me do this, and then I will get back to you. Well, no, well, so while while you're looking that up, I'll get my other take. At this point in time, um, it's kind of controversial, and definitely a lot of people disagree with me on that. On this one, that's totally fine. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm all up for some uh, for some party disagreements that I've usually had all my life. Um, as much as I love, 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 love to insult, to rip, to hate on Lavar Ball, I don't think he was hitting on Molly. And I I honestly don't because it came so quick out of his mouth. I thought it was him just being a witty douche, and it had like. No sexual innuendo behind it. And frankly, I mean, I, I think she took it a little too far. But that's completely my opinion. Like, the first time I saw it, I came into it, like, with, like, a very, like, sexual, like, innuendo. And I was like, mm, definitely think it's pretty bad. Either way, no matter what you think, not politics. Um, so I obviously have to disagree with you. For obvious reasons, that may or may not be why I brought this take out here. So that is fine. I just have to say that I obviously disagree with you, and uh, that is all I will say on that subject. You know what? I think I think we've we've covered my my topic well enough alone. Hey, look, he, he is a very controversial figure, and whether or not he gets the airtime that he, quote-unquote, deserves is a different conversation. Uh, I personally do not like the man. I think that he is a uh, leech on the thorn of everyone's side and just sucks the life out of all of us. I mean, to me, the best part of the entire clip was Stephen A. just kind of, like, giving him a look like, ooh, buddy, you're in for it. What, are you, what world are you, did you just join? And Stephen Smith admittedly had no fear going there, you know, on like Periscope and stuff like that. So if yeah. if he gives you that look, that's when it's it's when you know. <laughs> so uh, going back for a second, because I've I've realized I've done my research and I've realized a couple of things. Okay, what and then I will, and then I'm, and then we will circle right back. Uh, Phil Martelli, legendary coach at St. Joe's, is on the staff at Michigan. Uh, so I take back my thinking that Michigan will sink this year. I think that they'll be great just because I love Phil Martelli. Hey, hey, man, valid point. That is number one. Number two, uh, the assistant coach that I was thinking of, his name is Luke Yaklich. Yeah, that's who I said second. That's the second name I know. Like, that was I, a denier. I did not hear a second name, so I apologize for that. Yeah, except, except I think I said Yaklich. That's the same thing. But he is the coach that went to Texas from Michigan, and he is by far what I have heard one of the brightest names in the NCAA. And when a big job comes around, uh, I think that he will be uh, someone to look at for uh, promotion into that into a college into a head coaching position. Uh, I think Michigan should have taken a chance on him. Uh, I think they messed up, and I think that he'll be a great coach. Now, on the other hand. Another name to look forward to next coaching carousel cycle. Bill Murray's son, Luke. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, I've, I've only seen him, like, have a, 
you know, not great success, but I've seen him have mild success so far. And I think he needs to get to a bigger stage in order to actually be tested properly. And I think that's at Louisville. And I think if they do really well this year, like they did, you know, decently well last year, I think that he'll get a head coaching job somewhere. I'm excited for him because he is, he seems like a great coach. No, no, I, I completely agree. So then what do you think will happen to, um, um, no, never mind. Sorry. I was thinking of somebody totally different. Um, okay. I was thinking of Patino's son. Richard? Yeah, Richard. I love Richard. Yeah, and he... Rick is going to the NBA. I have no idea where he's going to go, but I, he is going to the NBA, and I can't wait for him to show up just in a locker room somewhere, being like, oh, yeah, I got hired a while ago, but we never said anything because I'm Rick Patino. Well, yeah, because that was one of my favorite college games of the year when Minnesota played Louisville last year. I I, I thought that was such a good game just because, I mean, you had you had uh, Rick and his white suit just sitting over there grinning like a devil, and then you have Richard. I mean, I'll I'll be losing, but it's all right. I I definitely think that he'll get a good chance. So. He seems to be much less scummy than his old man, at least for now. He does. He does seem less less uh, slimy than his old man. Okay, so. But someone else who's slimy. Going back to the original hot take that you had. Uh, I thought. Ball, I thought you put that under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> no. Lavar Ball is uh, not my favorite human in the world. I think that he uh, deserves to be put somewhere uh, that no one should ever go and kept there for a month just to think about what he's done as a or as a human being in general for, you know, sucking off the kids of his career based on their careers. Okay, so then what do you think happened? What do you think was the biggest, um, you know, cursor, biggest catalyst that forced him to shut up for at least six months? And it wasn't the fact that he was overseas because when he first went overseas, he was still talking – talking smack but was it lebron or was it magic after lonzo got drafted Ooh. And, and said or i guess i don't think palinka wields this kind of value but i definitely could see genie doing this being like hey if you don't at least give us one season to just shut your mouth not say a word go coach over there overseas do your own thing don't talk about lonzo or we will ship him off to siberia so I don't know. I don't know. Because I think, I think it's a multitude of, of factors, okay? Give me something. Because I think that he hasn't – I don't think he said anything bad about Luke Walton, has he? Um, he said that he could do a better coaching job than Luke Walton. Okay, never mind. I take him out the ball. But that was super – he said anything bad about Magic Johnson? No, I don't believe so. No, I think only Luke Walton got the flag. Okay. So no, no, I definitely think that there was there was a that there was a conversation somewhere where they said, "Look, uh, if you don't show it up, we're trading your kid." Yeah, and then he did for a little bit, and then once the season ended, he started talking again. And I don't know what got him to start talking again. Maybe he saw trade rumors. You can't really pay attention to trade rumors. I mean, he, but we also had the trade rumors before the NBA deadline, so he didn't really he didn't pop his head up then. You know what I mean? I I agree, but I, yeah, I'm just trying to. So there's a, there was a deal somewhere that basically uh, he uh, was basically told if you don't shut up, we're gonna trade him. 
And then once they traded him, he re, he he popped up out of the woodshed, right? It's essentially what happened. Oh, my – and I think he popped up like a week beforehand, like don't trade my son. But he definitely popped up after because he said the Lakers will never win another championship. Right, Just, right. So, so I, I think it was one of those things where it's like uh, I think uh, there was definitely a thing that said if you don't shut up, we'll trade him. And then as soon as it started getting leaked that he was actually going to get traded, I think that – is what he, but I don't know who he made the deal with. Probably made it with the devil because he is the devil. But no, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just think it was something. You know, like if you're if you're going to make that guarantee, you got to pull like the Dan Gilbert to be like, oh well, we'll win one before you will, even though we both know it's not going to happen. You just can't. You just can't put a hex on them like Madame Zaroni and say that they're never going to win again. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's a great one. I love that. Thank I think, you. I, I, you know, I don't know. I think I think there was a there was a conversation somewhere basically where they said, "Look, if you don't shut up, we're going to trade them." And at the end of the day, it's your call, and you're going to be the reason why why you know things happen the way they do. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I don't think he's the main catalyst for them like getting Lonzo out there. I just think it was Lonzo's play that got him out of there. Uh, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I think that they he's still he's still valuable, right? He still he still is a, a good part of that squad and that team. And he, uh, you know, he was the second overall pick. Whether or not he should have been is a different conversation in itself. No. But you know, I think at the end of the day, he has uh, he has. Uh, you know, valuable things that he can bring to the table in, in Los Angeles or in New Orleans now, might, excuse me, that he uh, can bring to the table. And I think that, you know, a rapport of him, Zion, God help us. That is just a marriage that's just going to go up in flames. But we're <laughs> going to cross that bridge later. Um, I think a rapport of, you know, Ingram, Hart, Zion, I think is, is, a, is a trio that could be – you know, one of the best younger to big threes that we've seen in a long time. And my yeah. emphasis here is younger, younger big threes. And we, we see at least half of the NBA leaning towards that. I don't think that if the Pelicans prove to be like this powerhouse, I do not think, and I, I use powerhouse real lightly on that one. Um, just, uh, I mean, let's say a 45 win team that, I don't think that Lonzo will be a part of that big three. I mean, he might be a starter, but I wouldn't count him. I'm going to well, count. I, I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be a factor. I agree. I think. I think that the big three that we're going to be talking about at the end of the day is going to be a big three of Drew, uh, you know, Zion, obviously, and a combination of Ingram and Hart. I think. I think that's the big three that we're talking about. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking at we're looking at a Western Conference that's going to be a dogfight because the Clippers are going to be good. The Lakers are obviously going to be good. Uh, the Warriors are still going to be the Warriors, whether we, uh, you know, overlook them or not. They're still going to be the Warriors. Uh, the Rockets, if they can get their, you know, what together, they're going to be good. Uh, the Mavericks are going to be better. The Thunder are going to be good. We're talking about a Western Conference that is much deeper and much uh, more of an open uh, fight that actually will matter during the regular season, which is something that I think the NBA has been missing for a long, long time. No, I'm. I I couldn't agree with you more. I'm. I'm definitely going to solidify that. I think it would be 
Ingram over Hart. But at the same point in time, that doesn't mean that Hart and Lonzo are going to be, you know, non-factors by any means. I love it in the sense that we're especially in the Western Conference. We can get to the East later. But I think that the West has a, an opportunity to be much less top-heavy. Yes. Than it used to be. Because, I mean, each conference used to only have, you know, three teams, realistically, that would pull out of there. Look, the West uh, next year, we're looking at a very real possibility where the one seed could go down in the first round. We're looking at a very real possibility of that, regardless of who the one seed is. Yeah, there are going to be six or seven teams that will go into the playoffs next year saying, we've got a shot. As long as we're in it, we've got a shot. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that that's – I think well, last year we had an incredible first round. Two game sevens, a game six. So I think that this is only going to get better. Only going to get better. Only going to get better. And, I, so, and I'm super happy about it. Oh, I, I could not be more ecstatic for the fact that we're going to actually have competitive basketball in the middle of December. It's better for the – I mean, it's better for the league. It's much better for the league, the fact that we have competitive basketball in the regular season. Much better. Um, so, changing gears. And we, and we, um, what are you talking about? Is it that what LeVar was yelling about? Yeah, true. <laughs> true. That's why I said it. Uh, no. Like, please, sir, cannot change gears with me anytime. If I knew how to put sound effects in the middle of these things, I would. Well, you're going to add them later. Um, <laughs> so, uh, changing gears here, and uh, we're going to go to the dumpster fire portion of the program if we haven't already hit it. So, this team's dumpster fire team of the week belongs to two teams, and both of them are in the city of New York. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. You know what's coming. Mets, Mets, Knicks. Mets, Knicks is correct. See how were the Knicks a dumpster fire this week? I thought they only okay. I thought they did one good thing this week. That question, but you have to look at you, you have to look at it in two fashions here. Okay, um, one is the sense of who is the owner of the New York Knicks. Yeah, well, yeah, that's valid. Who owns the New York Knicks? It, am I? Are you? Are you really going to make me spell this out for you? Yes, I am. Uh, you know. This puts more emphasis to the point. It's Jimothy Dolan. Jimothy Dolan. For those of you who don't know who Jimothy Dolan is, Jimothy Dolan uh, basically got all of his wealth from being an asshole. There's no other Uh, way that I could put it. He was the CEO of Cablevision, and then it sold, and then he bought the Knicks. Yeah, but the thing about it is is that he also owns Madison Square Garden. He doesn't Right, so he also owns the Rangers and the Liberty. So I could classify them as one giant thing, but he doesn't touch the Rangers anymore based on the sole fact that they got the obvious number two pick in the in the upcoming draft and have actually had a pretty decent run at what they're doing lately, and he does not have a say in it. So I take them out. The New York Liberty, I don't know enough about the WNBA that we will be talking about next week. Thanks, Tommy Crogan, for that suggestion. Right. Uh, to uh, to actually comment on that. Um, but the New York Knicks are a dumpster fire for as long as James Dolan will be an owner, will be their owner. And I'll give you two reasons. Reason number one, the New York Knicks were fined $50,000 today for the fact that they did not invite a newspaper to the pr- opening press conference of their two draftees. Hey, any media is good media. 
Was this a mistake? Um, e- mm, yes, because it showed that newspapers can finally get the last laugh, and nobody wants that because they're a dying breed. The correct answer is no. It is not a mistake because it was the New York Daily News, and everyone knows that the New York Daily News has the best he- uh, front-page headlines of all time. I did not know that. I appreciate that fun fact. You're welcome. Uh, they were not invited because they have given the Knicks um, pretty great front line, front headline, uh, pr- uh, great headline uh, news. They come up with the creative things that everyone wants. Yeah. Right. Like absolute creative. Uh, so when the Knicks lost in the uh, lottery, they had a thing that said, sorry, a picture of Zion, and then said, right in the balls. Yep, that one's going to hurt. Uh, when they finally bought out Stefan Marbury, they told the Celtics that he's all yours with a picture of Stefan Marbury sticking his tongue out the window. When there was rumors that James Dolan was going to sell the team, they told him to do it. Well, he should because, I mean, he'll still make money hand over fist just by owning the garden. Yes. I, I mean, it, I, I couldn't agree more with any of this. I'm, I'm all in for a little, uh, all in for a little Nick slander, even though I do think that they got the best guy for them in the draft. Look, no, that's not the point of this. No, no. That's not the point of this because, yes, they obviously got the correct person in the draft. And, yes, R.J. Barrett is going to be the future of the New York Knicks. The point of this is that the New York Knicks are one of the worst franchises run ever and need to actually reevaluate themselves, look at themselves in the mirror, and realize that they are the Phoenix Suns of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but this isn't a democracy. It's not like they can just go out and say, hey, Dolan, my, my man, you got to get out of here. Yes, yes, we can. You know why? They can, but it won't work. It can, and I'll tell you how. I mean, it's just public outrage that drives anything. But Jane Dolan doesn't no. care about public outrage, or else he would have sold them a decade ago. Well, he just wants to do it. No, he cares about making money, correct? Right? He makes cares about making money. And what's the biggest thing that makes money for him right now? Uh, probably the Knicks more so than the Garden itself. It's Madison Square Garden. So I have a better solution. Jimothy Dolan. That is not his real name, but Jimothy Dolan has a band. Yeah, and they're trash. So how do we get him to stop being an owner of a sports team? Um, Ask him to go on tour. I'll do you one better. Oh, if, if you're going to say that he can, like, play the garden whenever he wants, he's going to lose money every night he tries it. No, because I know that he's going to lose money, and that's just not fun. I mean, it is. I have decided, just for the sole fact that I love Knicks fans everywhere, and I want them to start being happier. I have decided that every paycheck that comes, I am going to buy a James Dolan CD. And you're probably asking yourself, why are you doing such a ridiculously stupid thing? It's pretty simple. If you let James Dolan make more money off of his CDs than being a Knicks, than the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, 
he'll stop being the owner of the Knicks. Will he? Yes. I, th- I think, uh, frankly, I think you're putting too much logic into this. I feel like I am, but at the same time, uh, James Dolan is thinking logically about not selling the team because that makes him the most money right now. You know the name of the band? So, you just buy all of his albums. <laughs> then, when, when he does turn out to sell the team, uh, we will hold a mass gathering in Central Park uh, with all of his albums and then light him on fire. Ooh, okay. I'm cool with that. I thought you would be with that. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm all in for that. Um, two questions. Do you know the name of his band? Yes, I do. <sighs> really hoping you didn't. I do. Because it takes a simple Google search, <laughs> and you're going to hate it. No, I know it. I've, I've, yeah, I've known it for, from Dolan. Hate is J.D. and the Straight Shots. It is JD and the straight shots, and he has been sued multiple times over the fact that he makes too much money and that he spends way too much time with his band. Okay, how many? And this is one thing I literally just did Google because it's a ridiculous number. How many people's in the band? How many people are in the band? It looks like ten. Nine. Nine. <laughs> you can't have that many people in a band. I think like six is the legal limit. He's over arrest this man. Hey, he was on Jimmy Fallon one time. I don't care. <laughs> I, I heard rumors that he plays the kazoo, but I don't know if that's true or not. I think that is, but I think he also plays the guitar. Anyway, um, the New York Times has described the band as a group of, quote, well-known sidemen backing a karaoke great singer Jeez. and noted that Dolan's musical talents are unlikely to endanger his day job. After the group's performance opening for ZZ Top, one reviewer wrote that Dolan's enthusiasm for playing mediocre American rock did little to make their forgettable and performance entertaining. Oh my gosh. After a 2017 show, another observer uh, wrote, Dolan sings like he's trying not to cop, and it's possibly can't play the guitar. <laughs> Worse, his songs belay his status of cosplaying blues man. Most of his lyrics simply summarize current events or books that he's read. If you were presenting to a dead great English, oh no, oh no. See, I'm a huge proponent in public shaming gets the job done, and I think that if you were like publicly shame people for like the. Shit that they did, and it would have a lot less like stupid shit going on. And so, like, if we were to start bringing back like tomatoes at the theater or like tomatoes at the concerts, like if people were throwing those because they were genuinely displeased and not because they just wanted to throw something, then I think I think we could do wonders with musical. You know what? Honestly, I I am actually thinking about this now, and I am willing, willing, more than willing, to sacrifice everything. To go into Madison Square Garden, sit near James Dolan, and throw a tomato at him. Oh yeah, you got to get it. I am willing to sacrifice everything to do that. Oh yeah, you'd be a hero. If someone wants to put this together, I will be happy to volunteer my arm to make this. The, the GoFundMe, like like uh, Nick's fans or like just good music fans, would raise for you. 
it would Liberty fans, Ranger fans, it would all be. I would be banned from from Madison Square Garden, and I'd be okay. Yeah, there are plenty of other places to go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of one of those places, City Field. Oh Lord! All right. Um, we've we've reached the end of the fun part of this program. If you're looking for rants and yelling, uh, congratulations, you have arrived. <laughs> Get after it. <laughs> This is a classic Family Guy portion of the program where we go to opening day and the first pitch and the season's over. But instead of the season being over, which it already is for the New York Mets because they're horrendous, uh, their manager season's already over and his probable managerial career ever as a manager. Um, Oh, no. If you have the audacity to think that someone who says to you, I'll see you tomorrow is telling you that you're fired, you need to take a good, large look at yourself in the mirror and stop being a bitch. And then for the supposed ace of this program, which is Jason Vargas, because apparently I've been told that he is the ace of the New York Mets. Yeah, I mean, everybody technically has one, but I mean, that's that's a a loaded phrase for the Mets. To then uh, fight the said reporter who said that because he said, I'll see you tomorrow. You're just at that point, you're just like an angry elf and you just have no way of actually releasing all that anger unless you decide to plunk every single member of the opposing team in the head. Yeah, well, you know what? First off, this is great for that beat reporter. Great. His mentions going through the roof, his Twitter following going through the roof. Only good things are happening for him because he wasn't assaulted. So good for him. Um, if you think Mickey Calloway's job is in trouble, you're you're on crack. I, I do not think Mickey Calloway will be in any – like they might get like a fine or like a two-game suspension. I don't think anything for Mickey Calloway will come of this. Okay. Um, he already got fined. I'm willing to tell you this right now. Oh, right. Yeah, Mickey no. Calloway has been rumored to be fired three times within the last two weeks. Which is why he took it as, I will never see you again because you're getting fired. <laughs> Mickey Calloway had to take not one, not two, but three press conferences to apologize, to actually say, I am sorry. It took him three times. Yeah, I mean, that's just because he's stupid. I'm, but I, 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 don't think that, I don't think that his job is in any danger whatsoever. I, I think it is, and I think he'll be fired by the end of the month. Oh, I, I don't, I don't want to say who are they going to get to replace him. That's my usual thing. But when it comes to baseball, there are so many people that you can pretty just pick a name out of a hat. So, I am, I am willing to tell you right now who his replacement is going to be. And Reds fans, cover your ears. If you say no, is he old? Yes. No way in hell. In fact, now I kind of want it for the for the sheer. Come on, if you're telling me that the Mets are going to bring. Dusty Baker. Okay, you just no. He's no. old. 
you read that outside the box. Well, I'm glad that we disagree. I'm glad that that wasn't what you were going for because I would hate to see him again. It is going to be Jim Riggleman. No way. Who is currently the bench coach for the New York Mets. He is going to take not one, not two, but three interim manager jobs in the last 10 years. Because this man is a legend. Um, Nats, right? He was with the Nats. He was with the Nationals. Uh, he did not have an interim job there, I believe. Uh, he had an interim job with the Reds. Yeah. He had an interim job with the Manor- Mariners, and he's going to have an interim job with the Mets. Uh, okay. And all of those have happened within the last 10 years. Good for you, Riggleman. Uh, in fact, not good for you because it's the Mets. Sorry. Yeah. I just so, don't think the same. Like, I'm a passionate guy about baseball. I'm a tough competitor. I mean. Right. That was his initial apology. It just doesn't make sense. That, that there is no I'm sorry or I apologize for my actions in there. That just says that you're a douche. Well, yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with that in the slightest. I think it's more of like, I think it's more along the lines of him trying to make an excuse for his actions. Yes, that is exactly what it is. That is him saying, I care about my job, except him not saying I care about my job. I am just a competitive person, which is the same thing in whatever language he's speaking. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it shouldn't make a difference because the, that way of acting just can't happen. No, it cannot. And it cannot. As much as I advocate for fighting in all sports, not cool. So we've reached this part of the program, which is where then I tell you we should probably find the New York Mets another owner. Oh, because because ever since ever since these owners have come to own the net, the Mets, and it's not James Dolan. I pray to God James Dolan does not own a baseball team because that would just be the ugliest thing of all time. Ever since these owners have been owned by the Mets, um, they have had the worst hardship I have ever experienced in my life. Uh, what is answer A? The Will Ponds. Answer A is correct. It is the Will Ponds, and do you know what hardship they've had? Uh, actually, well. Uh... Losing a World Series and being relevant for one season. Uh, you are half correct there because that was half the answer. <laughs> you know what the other half of the answer was? Mm. You know what? Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you tell me? He lost $700 million thanks to Bernie Madoff. <laughs> while he was owning the Mets. That's so Bernie Madoff single-handedly almost did the Mets fans a favor by bankrupting Fred Wilpon and having him sell the Mets. They came that close. Came that close. He came that close, and he almost did them a favor. Okay. Do you think that there should be an age restriction on ownership? No, I don't, and I'll tell you why. Wilpon's 82. Yes. He was born before World War – well – 36 was pretty much right when it was getting kicked up. So, Look, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to tell you why. 
because the older the owner is nine times out of 10, the less they butt in on stuff. And the more that the owner butts in on stuff, the more likely that this shit is to go horribly wrong. So right now, yes, Fred Wolf owns the majority stake of the Mets, uh, but his son, Jeff basically does everything. Yeah. Well, that, okay. He's not doing any, he's not doing any, anybody any favors. He is not because he has his hand in everything. So we're blaming this on Jeff and not so much Fred. So because Fred's 82, Fred just, you know, delegated it off to his son. Said, you just make sure everything goes. Oh, and exactly, that's exactly why I blame Fred for delegating, just because he, the kid had the same last name as him. No, it's because he's lazy and he's 82. And yes, he could, deserves to be lazy. But the older the owner, the more wiser they are, right? So, like, Fred Wolpon's trying to be like, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, Jeff Wolpon's trying to be like Mark Cuban. No one is Mark Cuban. Daddy did not give Mark Cuban his money. Mark Cuban made his own money. Mark Cuban is his own man. Mark Cuban knows how business world works. Fred just was given money by dad. So, I propose that instead of having an age restriction, uh, we should have a kid restriction. Uh, No heir to the throne exists in a family. I was literally just about to say, what the hell is this Game of Thrones? And you pulled it. You pulled it. You pulled it. I, I pulled Game of Thrones. There will be no heir to the throne. I don't hate that, though. Because nine times out of ten, it's always the case. Well, yeah, that's a fact. Or that it always has to like, change families. Yes. Okay. I, know. I, I completely agree with that. And so the last thing I want to touch on before you and I sign off, is the NBA awards that are happening tonight. Yeah. So a couple. The thing that is starting now that really should have happened like a month and a half ago. Yeah, I I will say that I think the NBA is very good at picking when to air stuff because they control their entire offseason. I think they're the only only sport that does their offseason well enough. Not well enough, but like they time things out properly in order to keep fans engaged literally calendar year round. I, I get that. I just think that, you know, we had a week, right? We had a week where it was like, we were focused on the draft. We could have done the awards then, but we were too focused on the draft. Now we have nothing because we have a very long period before free agency. So let's do the, let's do this. A now. long period before free agency starts July 1st. That's, that's a less than a week when you're listening to this. Right. My point is, is that that's like eternity in basketball years, apparently, because that's how many days it takes for them to play two games. <laughs> okay. So that's a long time for them. So what do you think they should have made it like Wednesday or Thursday instead of Monday? No, it should have been before the freaking draft. They should have done this right after the playoffs. Ended. They should have taken a page out of the NHL playbook and said, we're doing this right after this. And then the draft is two days later. It's packed. That's jam-packed. Right, but we don't need, like, a whole week to talk about the fact that Zion Williamson's going first overall. No, but I also think that you need time to talk about other things besides baseball. So. Okay. I, 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 I agree with that. But we also don't need a whole week to talk about the fact that we know who's going first overall. We knew this a month and a half ago. We knew this a year ago who was going to go first. Close enough to a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like, we didn't need a week. We needed, like, a day, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Like most most draft fans don't care who goes after number five, right? Like if you're if you're just watching the draft and you don't have like a particular team, you don't really give two shits on a nickel who give who went after five. Yeah, I, I usually say in the NBA draft that everything because since there only are two rounds, that anything after the lottery picks is just kind of like, eh, all right, well, I'll go back to eating my soup here. Exactly. So we didn't need a week of buildup for that. We really could have done this right after the playoffs and said, this is who the best players were this year, not two weeks later or three weeks later or however long it was now. Okay. And let's – let's. I uh, know. Okay. Well, that, while we're here at least, I'm going to go least important award to most important award. So – All of them are least important because all of them are going to – we're all going to look at this and just say – Sorry, I'm angry right now, so this is a mini rant. We're all going to look at this and say, he shouldn't be MVP because he didn't play in the playoffs or didn't play well in the playoffs. That's what we're going to look about this now, and this is going to be the stupidest conversation we've ever had. We're not allowed to do that. It's regular season awards. That's why this is stupid. Well, then, then, I mean, even even if you put it right out of the finals, that doesn't change the damn fact. It doesn't, but it at least speeds up the process. Are you saying that the people should trust it? I'm saying that the people should create their own goddamn process and trust themselves. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, I, that's fine with me. I mean, the, the fact that they don't, like, they don't have the trophy ceremony for this until, like, game one. Like, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you a solid example here, okay? I'll give you a very solid example, okay? This came from last year, right? This last year, this past year. Who was named coach of the year? Um, it was – wait, 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 wait. Um, he was the coach of the Raptors and got fired. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, yeah. Starts with a D. His name's got a D. Yeah. Mm, Dan. No. Nope. Wow, this is going to ruin me. D.W. His first two letters of his first name start with D.W. Dwayne Casey. Attaboy. Wanted to rip my eyeballs out. <laughs> and I remember that. Right, but that's my point. He won Coach of the Year and got fired the week before. The only reason I remember that is simply because the Raptors tweet congratulated him was fun- some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. The most hypocritical shit I've ever seen. Like, that's the point of this, right? So it's like, who's going to win Coach of the Year this year? Mike Budenoser. Why? Because he led the Bucks to there, and then they lost the Eastern Conference Final really handily to the Toronto Raptors. See, but that's why I don't get it. Why... Like Nick Nurse received like two votes. What? Like even if it is just regular season, I don't care. The Raptors in the regular season, like yes, they they did not have as better of a record, but they took a team that had not played together before and put them together. I and I I think that it should either be Boonholzer or Nurse, but because Boonholzer took a experienced team that was playing together or a team that was experienced playing together. Um, it led them from fourth place to first place that gets it. It didn't make much sense to me. I mean, I, that's why none of this matters. Okay. Then we're going to keep going with the things that don't matter. Six man of the year. Is it always going to be Lou will? Is he always going to win? Uh, it is not six man of the year this year. It's going to go to a guy who I think deserves it more than anybody in the world. Hold on, I gotta actually get the nominees up first before I can answer this. Derek Rose and Dwayne. 
Oh, it's going to be, oh, Jesus, it is going to be Lou Will again. Damn it. <laughs> Montrezl Harrell. I'm voting for Montrezl Harrell. Uh, no, I agree with you. I would have given it to Harrell as well. Um, I think Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade got pity votes. We just, oh my God, is this really happening? Okay, uh, if people actually think, like, don't get me wrong, Pascal Siakam is an incredible player. That's why he doesn't deserve to win Most Improved because he was great last year and he's great this year. Like, if I, I don't understand how De'Aaron Fox does not win Most Improved Player, and he won't, but he deserves to. I mean, while every rookie has taken a step down for their sophomore year, he was the Biggest one to take a step up and actually prove it. And I mean, it, yeah, that's why I get, you know, pissed. No, I, I'm here with you. I think that, the, I think that most of the people who have been nominated for these awards don't really deserve to be nominated. IE coach of the year, Michael Malone of the Denver Nuggets deserves to be nominated. Doc Rivers of the Clippers does not. Okay. Well then let's just get to the two fun ones. <clears throat> it's Luca, right? Yeah. Yes. And like it, it was one of those things where Luca started off hot, but he played the entire season hot. So it was kind of like it became a, an expected norm. And Trey Young also played extremely well last season, but it was more along the lines of like he kept getting better as the season went on. So it was like, yeah, it was a constant improvement. But I mean, Luca's plateau was still higher than Trey's elevation. No, I, I think that I think that Luca had a great year overall. And I think that uh, Trey, you know, definitely had his definitely had his moments, but I think that the overall body excuse me, body of work uh, points to Luca. Yes, and my, my final point to this is if uh if doesn't name people should in the streets. Excuse me? If Giannis does not beat Harden, people should riot in the streets. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this once and for all. Okay. Just gonna, just gonna put this regular season. Just gonna put just gonna put this out there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to you. I promise you can get back to your thing, but but Kawhi Leonard had the greatest performance of all time in the NBA regular season. Mic drop. I don't mean I don't disagree, but I think that Kawhi Leonard really should be most improved. Yes. Well, then, hell, I will give – at this point, Kawhi, is, to me, is the best player on the planet right now. I mean, lockdown defense, fine. Give him the player of the – Look, this was – I think this is a runaway for the fact that Kawhi should be most improved. You're probably asking yourself, Matt. Why are you taking this ridiculous state, statement and making, you know, stand by? Think- because Kawhi didn't play last year. So obviously he's the most improved because he didn't play. Yeah, I don't think that that's a terrible take. But, I'm, I mean, if we're also going to do this, then why isn't he receiving votes for Defensive Player of the Year? Because he didn't play enough games because it was load management because we're all a bunch of sissies in the NBA. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. We're a bunch of sissies. That's just the bottom line of this. We're all a bunch of sissies in the NBA. We need quote-unquote load management because running is hard and being basketball players is difficult. 
even though hockey players take more hits, are more physical, do everything more, do, do everything the exact same way as basketball players, except bitch less and make less. And LeBron James could not take half of the beating that half of the Blues players and Bruins players took in that Stanley Cup Finals. He would whine, bitch, and probably throw something at referees. This mic is smoking right now. The mic is smoking. Anyone who thinks that I'm wrong has been sucking on LeBron's farts for years. <laughs> years. Hey, I... Deserves to be checked into a mental, in- mental institute and actually question why they support these athletes for being a bunch of sissies. I, I do. If I made a million, $100 million, I'd fucking play every day. Well... I don't care if I have a pulled groin. I'd still fucking play. I don't. I do not disagree whatsoever. I gotta see how many. Let's see here. Um, sorry. I, I was I was gonna make an argument for Embiid to be Defensive Player of the Year, but I'm trying to look at how many games he actually played. It's because of load management. It's not telling me how many games he played. What a stupid fucking statement. Ugh, I hate. I hate the NBA. I hate, I hate, I hate the NBA. I like talking about it, but I hate all of you because you're a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Go off, King. With that and the fact that I can't figure out how many games he played this season, probably because I'm taking 30 seconds to look, I will end on that scorching hot take of yours. I don't think it's much. I don't think it's very hot. In fact, it may be only lukewarm. But it'll just offend a crap ton of people because they all are NBA lovers and, you know, Think that NBA is Jesus. It's a NBA is a breeding ground for monsters and egomaniacs. It will be the petty area. It will always be the pettiest league. It will be. It will never not be the pettiest pettiest thing in the league. So dumb. And with that, we'll see you next week. Shout out to my boy PK Subban. You're my hero. Peace. Peace.